Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser with you here tonight, Thursday night, NBA back. We got 12 games tonight. We got some college hoops. Um, not the best matchups tonight, but Florida Atlantic at least taking care of business. Not the best matchups on Friday night of college hoops, but you know what we're going to do tomorrow night, Peach? We're going to preview Saturday's slate. I know you already like Kentucky. I want to get your thoughts on that. There's there's plenty. There's Houston Baylor. Um, a lot of good games on Saturday, so we'll obviously get to that. We'll have updates on golf. Coming up this hour, we're going to get to some NFL. There's some weird stuff going on in Philadelphia, go figure, involving Nick Sirianni and Big Dom. But first, let's get to some NBA scores and see if we want to add any late NBA plays. Uh, let's see who's uh, in and who's out, if there's any major injuries. Right now, Sabonis for the Kings is still a game-time decision. That game's going to tip off here soon. I'm guessing he's probably in tonight. LeBron James, we already know, is out for the Lakers. Uh, Christian Wood also out for the Lakers tonight. Anthony Davis most likely going to go, but he's still listed as a game-time decision. Chris Paul is out for the Warriors tonight. Uh, your boy Otto Porter out for the Jazz tonight. And then we already know uh, LaMelo Ball out for the Hornets tonight, which is why Dan Karpik was throwing out some alternate assist props, which you got to check out on the podcast. Uh, all right, PJ, let's uh, see what we got coming up here as far as – over at BetMGM, I'm all frozen up, but I'm going to pull up the scores here in about two seconds uh, on the fly. So right now, the Magic, luckily, up 100 to 89. The Magic now eight and a half point favorites. Last night we talked about this game, grabbed them as eight and a half point dogs. Donovan Mitchell didn't end up playing for the Cavs, so the Magic closed at six and a half. And right now they're minus a thousand on the money line, 227 and a half is the total. So the total looking like it's going to go over. It closed at 214 and a half. Pacers up 111 to 97 at home in Indianapolis on the Pistons. Right now, the 76ers fighting back. I always say in the NBA, Peach, you want to be down 20 at the half. Might be the case here. Knicks now up 91-84, but the 76ers just seven and a half point dogs. Unfortunately for the Nets, they're down 16 with 8:45 to go. 11 and a half yeah. point dogs on the live line. Might be screwed there, Peach. Uh, Mavs 75-63 over the Suns. Bulls up 62-59 on the Celtics at the UC. Pelicans up 61-50 on the Rockets. Thunder up 61-59 on the Clippers. We did battle back there. It's still at one and a half. Anything that you like, uh, one last time, Wizards, Nuggets, Hornets, Jazz, Lakers, Warriors. No line movement tonight, really. Uh, Warriors still five and a half point favorites. Jazz, nine and a half point favorites. Nuggets, 15 and a half point favorites coming up here. Yeah, so we're on Jokic triple-double tonight, plus 140. I like that. I'm going to tail our guy Dan Karpuk on the Trey Man assists as well. I uh, I like that in that game. Uh, he, got, he had some good stuff in Hornets and Jazz as well. The Bulls are looking good, Horvath. 62-59, they're leading at half. Um, yeah. It's going to be an interesting game to monitor in the third quarter. If we get like close to Celtics' money line, one and a half, two and a half, might jump on Boston there in that game. Um, gonna Don't monitor the clip. Gonna monitor the Clippers game. I think this is gonna be a one-score game either way. I think it's coming down to the wire. So if we can get a nice plus number with the Clippers, maybe like a five and a half, six and a half, I could see myself jumping on them as well. And then, um, yeah, we'll see what happens in Sixers and Knicks. Maybe the Sixers can complete a little comeback. I'm so disgusted with the Nets. Right? I mean, seventy-six yeah. points. Ugh, brutal. Even this is why I don't bet coach. the NBA. You know, they don't yeah. even care about their NBA head coaches, so forget them. Yeah, exactly. And that's just not a really good team. Really quick, some NHL scores, too. Colorado's up one to nothing on Detroit. They're minus 450 on the money line. Caps now tied up with Tampa. 
3-all in the third period. Yet still a minus 800 popped up for the Caps, but that game's tied now in the third period. Uh, Pittsburgh's up 3-1 to one on Montreal. Uh, Florida and Carolina scoreless. That game's in the third period, 14-47 to go. Live total down to 1.5 over at BetMGM. Rangers up 4-0 on New Jersey, and then Dallas trails Ottawa 4-1, to and the Islanders and St. Louis are scoreless in the second period. College hoops. Um, damn, man. Detroit, they lose by 15. Nobody else on the planet probably bet that game. But Hofstra does come through, Peach, as four-and-a-half-point favorites. They're up 69-57 with 40 seconds to go. And go. Uh, that's all I had tonight in college basketball. What other game did you have? Oh, you had Minnesota. They're up 42-34 on Ohio State at the half. All right, so we're looking all right right there. Yeah, they're right. – uh... They're playing well. I uh, I had Tom Casale on my show send it in earlier today, and uh, he was telling me that Vermont was playing Albany and that Vermont always smacks Albany. So I wanted to see if we got a score on that game between – because Vermont, once again, Vermont's in the tournament like every year. They dominate that league, the American East, every – single season and they won 94 to 80 over Albany. So there you go. They uh they covered the number tonight. So keep that in mind in the old back pocket. Whenever Vermont goes up against Albany, usually a good bet to take the catamounts there in that game. Um yeah, and then you know, when we get to this time of the year too, I kind of want to see how some of the mid-majors look in uh these like road spots. Grand Canyon was only oh, yeah. four and a half point favorites at Tarleton State. They're up by 11 right now. App State who uh, is having a great year out of the Sun Belt. They beat Auburn earlier this year in the non-conference. They took care of business against Old Dominion today. They won that game by 15. So I like keeping an eye on uh, some of these mid-majors, see, see who's playing well. And uh, so far, all these teams right now that are one seeds, if their conference tournament started today, they're uh, they're taking care of business. And then obviously this FAU-SMU game is uh, is really big in yeah. the AAC. So we'll see how it wraps up. Got a sweat on your hands. Right? Both the first half and the full game just coming right down to the final couple FAU? possessions. Yeah, yeah FAU. I know. Yeah, I know. They're up eight, with, up eight with two minutes to go. I know. I turned them off for a second. I threw the caps on because I'm a local guy now, you know, a D.C. guy. And I turned them on, and they gave up two goals in like a matter of 35 seconds. So for Scott's sake, I, I turned them off to be a good teammate. I don't want to jinx your guy's team. Um, no, that's a really good point on the mid-major schools, especially now because college basketball has changed changed so much. You know, there's so many one-and-dones, obviously. I like these, like, mid-major teams or these teams that have the the seniors. You know, like you brought up mm-hmm. with Illinois. You like them because they have four seniors that get run. I do. That's why I like some of these mid-major teams, and that's what I love about March conference tournament time. Like, wake up early in the morning, you watch hoops all day, but those mid-major tournaments, man – are absolutely electric as well. Um, so I get into those just as much as I get into the big ones, the ACC, SEC, and whatnot, the power schools. Did you see what's going on in Philadelphia? I mean, I already am kind of out on Nick Sirianni. We all knew, like, Nick Sirianni was, I don't even know how to put this, a, a fiery guy, right? Um, he's got a little bit of an ego. Uh, he's kind of cocky. But I think he might be nuts. And as soon as Jonathan Gannon left and Shane Steichen left, everything kind of went to hell. You had Matt Patricia uh, down on the field as the defensive coordinator last season. That was a brutal move. But then we had the weird situation where Big Dom got punted from the sidelines, and then all of a sudden everything kind of fell apart. 
Uh, Adam Schefter was actually out in Philadelphia, 97-5, the Fanatic in Philadelphia. And uh, listen to this, and then we'll talk a little bit about, about this. This is a weird situation. Somebody in the organization yesterday, I'm like, what is this? And the, and the text back, the quote was, none of that S word happened. None of that S happened. Good. Now, I don't know. I'm just telling you that, you know, that's what qualifies, you know, as a report. You can just go say whatever you want, and it gets clicks, and people hear about it. Was somebody with another player's woman or something? I don't I, Who knows? Who knows? I, I'm just telling you somebody in the organization, you know, was pretty adamant yesterday. None of that happened. So, Pete, you said earlier tonight that you're not buying into the Eagles' bounce-back season. And I don't think no. it really has even – I don't even know that it has anything to do with Jalen. All right, so to set up that audio right there, that's Adam Schefter, again, uh, on 97.5 The Fanatic out in Philadelphia. But uh, the piece in Pro Football Talk from your boy Mike Florio, who we were right by during the Super Bowl. So he brings up how Fox Sports 1 host and Cody Decker's main man Craig Carton hinted about maybe there being a real reason for the implosion of the Eagles in 2023. So, like, there's been stuff going around that, you know, maybe guys were with the same girl, this and that. Um, but, you know, there's the Eagles reporter Derek Gunn, and he comes out and pretty much talks about the banishment of Eagles security chief, you know, Dom. And he's banished from the sidelines after he makes contact with Dre Greenlaw during that December 3rd game against San Fran. And then all of a sudden, Nick Sirianni was off balance. And uh, Gunn posted on X, or Twitter as I still like to call it, that Big Dom controls Sirianni's emotions on the sideline and that in his absence, Nick gets in numerous arguments with players and coaches during the games. So then obviously the Eagles go into free fall after the Big Dom sideline suspension, which then lasts the end of the regular season. We never see Big Dom again. And then they have that, you know, the lone victory on Christmas over the Giants, and Sirianni admits he was too tense during that game. But you saw that, man. It's not even like that Sirianni's too tense with his players. Like, he's just a hard ass. When I really lost all respect for Nick Sirianni, because I was still in on Sirianni going into the season. I was like, all right, he lost two guys. Um, but, I mean, the Eagles got off to a great start. Like, let's not forget, too, man. And right. When I was really out on him, though, was after the KC game. Like, they just beat you in the Super Bowl. They won right. the big prize. They won the war. You win this little mini battle in the regular season. And the Chiefs are like an NBA team, right? They could win 10, 11 games every regular season. And I'm never betting against them in the Super Bowl ever again because Mahomes is superhuman. He's Michael Jordan, right? He's mm -hmm. Tom Brady now. But, I mean, Sirianni is in the tunnel and, like, He's mocking the Chiefs, and he's and he's doing this and stuff. And it's like, what are you doing, man? You're the head coach. Can you imagine any other head coach doing that? Like, talking trash to fans, talking trash to opposing players, his own guys. Like, he's got to cool it. He's got to calm down a little bit. And, like, this Big Dom situation is so weird, right? It's like, it's like he's, like, the bouncer. It's like he's, like, his bodyguard. I don't know, man. I I'm with you, though. I'm all the way out on Philadelphia. And... That was Schefter talking on, you know, Philadelphia radio again, 97.5, the fanatic. I don't know. It's just a weird situation. Do you have any thoughts on that or what do you think? Yeah, man. I, I think that's well said. I, that, that Chiefs game, 
See, Sirianni's kind of like, he's that kid that, you know, when he's picking on the little guy, like, it's all it's all good, right? He's, like, having a good time. He's celebrating with his players. Like, he knows his team's better than the other team. And then when things get tough, it looks like he has no answers. Like, it, it, then he's, like, scared. And he's like, oh, you guys are coming to me, like, to try and solve this problem. But we were so good. Like, things were going so great. And it just – it looks like, honestly, he has no idea what he's doing on the sideline. Like, he, I, he's just there to be a hype man. And when they're playing well, he's a great hype man. And he's talking all this smack. He's like the 11th player on the bench that doesn't play. He's the guy that shows up for the, uh, you know, the score report, doesn't do any of the yeah. work, but brags yeah. that he got a good grade. Like, that's Sirianni. You know what I mean? I really am shocked that an organization that is so well run at the top, like the Eagles, brought him back. I really am. Dude. Especially with the options that were available at head coach, man, you could have plugged in Vrabel to that locker room, and I think it would have been a great fit. A guy that would be no-nonsense, would have really fixed that defense, especially the secondary. Veterans would have responded to him. I think it really would have been good. I mean, Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie usually are on top of that stuff. You know, remember how when Doug Peterson got fired, it was because of that final game against Washington when he decided to bench Jalen Hurts at the end of the game because they wanted to screw the Giants out of the playoffs. And they're like, nah, this this is not how we do things. And he brought them their only Super Bowl in franchise history. I'm stunned, quite frankly, that they brought back Sirianni. Usually the Eagles are one of those organizations that – they kind of see what everybody else sees, and they're like, yeah, yeah that we're, we're just not winning with this guy. And I understand they made a Super Bowl with them, but they had two great coordinators. You know, Gannon and Steichen were great. I mean, Fangio, yeah. Kellen Moore, you know, they're good. But I just, yeah, Ryan, I want nothing to do with the Eagles. You look at their schedule, they're going to get the toughest division in football this season. They got to play the AFC North. Then they're going to get the NFC South as well. You know, Tampa, New Orleans, Atlanta, those could be interesting games. You're going to be at the Rams. you got to play Green Bay and Jacksonville this season. And then, obviously, you play Dallas twice, Washington twice, who, by the way, always plays in tough in Philly. And then you got the Giants as well. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting year for the Eagles, man. It's also a big year for Jalen Hurts. I think after that Super Bowl, when they paid him, everybody was kind of in agreement, like, Hurts is the real deal. And certainly, I think most people feel that way. But now that he doesn't have Steichen anymore, and now that he's on with Kellen Moore, it's a big year for Jalen. He, he's got to show that he is still a top 10, top tier quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, big Dom is allowed to return to the sidelines if you want to buy back into the Eagles. But no, I'm with you. I'm out on the Eagles. I, I honestly, I would have hired Bill. And I don't even want Bill back on the sidelines this year. But I think he's an upgrade over Sirianni. NBA Awards talk next, but I'm giving up. We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. BetMGM tonight continues. PJ Glasser, Peach, Ryan Horvath, live from our homes. About to talk some NBA awards. We'll get to some scores first. Caps, Tampa Bay. Tied up at three. Ten minutes to go. Caps plus 150 on the money line. Scott throws in the chat. He should have bet Tampa Bay down 2 nothing. I always I always think that. You know, I always see oh, yeah. the the one the, the one thing I still am kicking myself about, and I even texted Joe 
because I never hedged off the Niners, man. I should have. I should have played the Chiefs. I was a dummy. But when they went down 10-0 and we could have had Mahomes, there was like a split second that Mahomes and the Chiefs popped at 7.5. That should have been the biggest bet of my life. Even if the Chiefs weren't going to win that game with a walk-off touchdown in overtime, they were they were never losing that game by more than a touchdown. I, I hate myself for that. Anyway, um, let's go out to the uh, NBA over at BetMGM right now, Peach, where the Orlando I agree Magic. I you, though. Yeah. Right? I, I that mean, was a dumb one. Yeah, Mahomes at seven and a half. Uh, just yeah, and it's, by the way, the Caps being down two, Horvat, you have your saying in the NBA, you want to be down twenty at halftime. We all know that a two goal lead, most dangerous lead in hockey, and yet again, is that what again. they say? Oh yeah, you never heard that? No, I have, I have. Oh, okay. You know what else I heard? I heard the Magic about to win outright tonight, one fourteen, one oh seven against the Look Cavs. Look at you. I actually, when, when we talk futures here in a second, I got one uh, that I threw out for Trista for Beat the Books tomorrow, and I'm going to throw it out to you that I bet today. Pretty big bet on the Orlando Magic again this season. Feel better about it this season than I did last year when it was 100 to 1 or 125 to 1. But they're up right now 114, 107 against the Cavs, 30 seconds to go. Unless Reggie Miller shows up and scores nine points in 30 seconds, I feel pretty good about that one. Knicks up 108, 96 on the 76ers. We never talk about that game again. My wife came home. She even questioned why we bet the six. Mavs up 95-87 on the Suns. Um, that game in the third quarter, 45 seconds to go. Mavs 7.5-point favorites. How about the Bulls hanging tough tonight, Peach? 63-62 Celtics. Bulls 6.5-point dogs still at the United Center. Pelicans, no Brandon Ingram. Doesn't matter. They're up 65-53 right now on the Rockets. Clippers, Thunder tied at 70. Third quarter, 8 minutes to go. Sign me up for this uh, Western Conference Finals matchup. If it somehow works out. I mean, Denver's probably winning the NBA Finals, but man, I mean, I have a ton of Clippers futures, so I'd feel really good if that was the matchup, and this game has been exciting. Wizards are already down 26-17 to the Nuggets, and the Jazz are up 14-7 on the Hornets. That was the BetQL four-star play of the night, and it's a seven-point lead already. They're 12.5-point favorites on the live line. Uh, before we get into NBA single-season awards and futures, the bet that I placed today, Peach. I uh, we talked about the magic, right? Um, and mm-hmm. we talked about the Miami Heat, I should say, the other night. And so I was looking at the uh, conference futures, and I was looking at the division futures, and I was looking at the Southeast. The Magic were plus one fifty. Now over at BetMGM, they're plus one twenty five. I still like this, to be honest. The Heat minus one fifty. I mean, the Magic. Uh, Scott was nice enough to send over the strength of schedule last night, and when I was looking at it. I didn't realize the Magic actually have the easiest remaining schedule left in the entire league. They have wow. 11 games against teams over 500 only. And, like, they have a better net rating this season than the Heat. I actually kind of like the Magic. It's not the best price. We've obviously, like, there was never a great number, though, in the Southeast. But I don't think the Heat care about the regular season. And I think the Magic are going to be that second-half team. So I'm sure. going to be betting Orlando a lot the second half of the season. And I still do like that price at plus 125. Do you have any MVP or anything, you know, that you're thinking about or anything that you've added, uh, you know, NBA for the second half of the season or post-all-star no, break, I guess we'll call nothing. it? nothing. See, you're asking the wrong guy. I mean, you know, we're, we're a week away from oh, yeah. March, so that's where my focus is uh, is headed. I do like your magic angle, though, because yeah. they, have the, they have the strength of schedule. It's going to be easy. But also, they're the kind of team you want to back because, like you said, the Heat have their eyes on the postseason. 
the Magic, they're going to be the try-hard team, right? Like, they're going to be the kings of last year where they're going to continue to put the foot on the gas, try and win as many games as they can because they haven't been in the playoffs in a while. So nothing is guaranteed for them. They want to yeah. stay out of that play-in tournament, right? They want to be a six seed at the very worst. They're an eight seed right now. So, uh, you know, they, they want to win as many games as they can. So I, uh, I like that angle. You're right. I'd like a better price than a plus 110. But uh, I do like that. I think that other division, the Timberwolves, Thunder, and Nuggets that we were talking about the other day, like, that's going to be good, man. I mean, Minnesota minus 110, OKC plus 200, Nuggets plus 350. I think Minnesota's the play. To me, this is a lot like in the NL Central where you had, like, the Reds are the Nuggets, right? They're the team that's always been there. The Reds are the Thunder. They're the sexy, fun team that everybody wants to bet. And then the Brewers are the T-Wolves, right? Like, they're kind of boring. They play up there in the uh, in the cold, in the middle of the country, and you don't watch much of their games, and nobody really want to bet some, wants to bet them. But I think they're the right play. I really do, especially at minus 110. There's a reason they're giving you 2-1 to one on OKC and plus 350 on the defending champs. It's going to be interesting, though, how Denver approaches this because yeah. – they have such an advantage, Ryan, playing at home in the altitude, and they're so good at home, and they rarely lose there. And obviously, being the number one seed last year in the Western Conference helped them a ton when they won the title. So that's going to be a uh, it's going to be an interesting watch in that division. But I like Minnesota minus one ten as I'm watching uh, the Caps game, and TJ Oshie is getting helped off the ice. So that's that's not what you want to see. Yeah, that's, that's not, not good at all. That's not good at all. You know, Not I got one question as far as the MVP because looking at it right now, I just – I get the Jokic, and, and you hit on this the other night. You're like, why is – and Jokic is the best player in the league, or at least he's like 1B if Giannis is 1A, I think, personally. Um, but I look at the MVP odds, and Jokic is minus 130. Shea makes sense at plus 210, SGA. Luka's 9-1 to one now. Feeling good about that. But again, I need Dallas to like be relevant, at least a top five seed. But Lucas again, Lucas. Luka, again, leads the league in scoring. Leads his team in rebounding, assists, scoring, obviously, and in steals. Kyrie's barely played. Um, that, that was the case that I made for Luka. We've already made the case for Jalen Brunson, who's now 80-1. to one. Kawhi. You can make the case for it's 66 to one, right? He's having a great year. He's shooting like 48% from three. He's still a really good defender and he's playing the majority of these games this season. And I'm not going to bet Jason Tatum because he's also the biggest liability right now over at BetMGM. Again, the highest ticket percentage is Jokic 21.9 highest handle Jokic 29.1. The biggest liability is Tatum Tatum right now at 25 to one. Why doesn't Jason Tatum get more MVP love? Again, like, is it because Jalen Brown, Porzingis, my main man, Derek White, who should be in the MVP conversation? Kidding, of course. Drew Holiday. Is it because that team's so stacked? Because I asked this question. Now, Jokic is awesome, right? I pulled up his numbers, though. 26 points per game, 12 rebounds per game, 8.9 assists per game. I mean, that's awesome. But the Nuggets this season are 36-19. and 19. The Celtics this year are 43-12. and 12. They're the best team in the league by four games. They're the best team in the East. They're, they're only getting better. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. And I know Tatum has a bunch of help, but imagine what his numbers would be if he didn't have that help, if he didn't have Jalen Brown and if he didn't have Porzingis and all those other guys. 
Because this year, I mean, he plays every night. He averages 27 points per game on 47% field goal percentage. Or shoots 47% from the floor. Almost nine rebounds and almost five assists a game. And he's still sitting there at 25-1 to 1 on the best team in the league. You know what I'm saying? Like, Michael Jordan was always the MVP, except for the year that they gave it to Carl Malone because of voter fatigue, which I always hate. But Jordan had Pippen. He had Rodman. He had the greatest 6'11 Croatian of all time in Tony Kukoc. So he had a ton of help, dude. And that's why the Bulls, you know, 95-96 won 72 games. And he was the MVP that year. So why doesn't Tatum get more love? 25-1, to yet almost 28 points per game, double-digit rebounds, and almost five assists. I mean, and they run their offense through him. I just, if I was going to make a bet it, I would bet Tatum. And if I had a vote, I'd probably vote Tatum. What do you think about that? Look, I think you make a good case for it. And I agree with you. I just want to know what it is about Jokic, why he's the guy that is consistently in the race every single year. The thing I can think of, Ryan, is because of his durability, right? Like, and then the stat padding, obviously, and all the numbers he puts up and all the different ways he affects the game. Like, we really haven't seen a player affect the game like Jokic can since LeBron, right? I mean, Giannis is incredible. Durant is incredible. But all the different ways that Jokic can beat you, he can beat you as a passer. He can beat you as a scorer. He can beat you on the glass as a rebounder. Ryan, I mean, I'm looking at his first half stats against the Wizards right now. He's got six points, four assists, and eight rebounds. We got a minute 30 to go in the first quarter. Like, the dude is just, he's everywhere. He's a seven-foot point guard. Like, he truly is. And, uh... And again, just because of the era that we're in with, you know, guys resting and he's just consistently out there night after night for his team and they're just getting better and better and he makes everyone around better. I think that's why he's up there. Um, But it's just interesting how the market always shapes up, right? Like he's never the favorite preseason usually to win the award. And then we always get towards the middle of the year and he always is the favorite. And then maybe you have, like, MB like last year, who kind of rises up there. And maybe SGA will do that. And maybe Tatum is the right play. But, uh, yeah, man. I mean, all it takes is, like, one little kind of injury for Jokic because the Nuggets are going to be so careful with him, knowing that they have no chance of winning a title without him, that uh, that could certainly open the door for somebody else. I agree, though. It is interesting that Tatum's really never been in the conversation for MVP, and we consistently think of him as, like, one of the best two-way players in the NBA, right? Like, you think of Paul George, you think of Kawhi Leonard, you know, Giannis certainly, and then, like, Tatum, and it's like, the guy's so good on both ends. Boston's consistently towards the top of the East the last three or four years, and he's never gotten any recognition. Now with Embiid out, if OKC starts to slide a little bit, maybe Jokic, some voter fatigue starts to set in, maybe the door does open for Tatum, especially if Boston keeps winning and they open up. Like, what happens if they win the regular season in the Eastern Conference by, like, 12 games, right? I mean, don't you think that's got to account for something? I do, yeah. I mean, and and that's the thing. Like, And it's a regular season award as well, so you could say if, if you consider Tatum – like a choke artist because of the NBA finals when he was hurt a couple of years ago or what happened in the playoffs against Miami last year. I mean, I don't know, but the dude is, uh, he's awesome. The best bet that I made, and I'm not going to hedge um, because when Wemby was minus 110, actually Wemby at one point was plus 120 to win rookie of the year. 
Now he's minus 550, I believe, over at uh, BetMGM right now, Peach. Yeah, right now, Wemby's actually minus 650. Chet's 5-1. to one. Highest tickets, ticket percentage, Chet. Highest handle, Wemby. Biggest liability, Scoop, with the goggles. Uh, I bet Wemby. I hammered Wemby. I was like, this dude's a unicorn. He's an absolute freak. We've been talking about him for two years. We haven't been this excited for a player coming into the league. I mean, like, I was excited for Luka, but remember, there were guys... I mean, there were guys that were, like, Trey Young, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, over Luka. So, I was excited for him, but there were people that didn't think, like, his game was going to translate. We all knew Wemby was going to be good, just like we knew LeBron was going to be awesome. And everybody was all excited. So, when he was plus 120 and when he was even money, that was the biggest bet that I made in the NBA. And it was Wemby Nyama to win Rookie of the Year. You wouldn't hedge with any chat, would you? I mean, because team success doesn't matter for Rookie of the Year. So, it doesn't right. matter if, okay, the one or two seed. Wemby's awesome. He's putting up ridiculous numbers. And his camp already said even before the season, I mean, the Spurs are going to suck. We're not going to shut them down. Like, they've been out of playoff contention, let's be honest, since November 8th. <laughs> yeah, Wemby's a monster, dude. I mean, I yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't hedge. I would feel good about it. Again, as long as he avoids injury, I think I think you're set. Um, I've heard the case for Chet just because of that price there at plus 500, but at the same time, like, it's plus 500 for a reason. You know what I mean? Right. Um, these guys were were closer to that in the offseason, but Wemby's a monster, like you said, and that's the key is the Spurs are going to continue to play him. And the thing that with Chet, man, is that SGA is the best player on that team. And obviously with the Spurs, like Wemby's the best player on that team. You know what I mean? So he's going to be the guy that controls the offense and who's going to take the big shots late. And he's going to have some signature moments to continue to add to his case for Rookie of the Year. So I think if you got a Wemby ticket, you got to be feeling good. I, I wouldn't hedge off that. As the Caps take a 4-3 yeah. lead, Horvat, 5 to play. Do we take a little Bolts? Money no. line. I'm thinking about no. it. We're we're gonna get gonna a nice it, price. I'm, nope. I'm gonna let it ride. I'm, not that I have a bet on the caps. I'm just gonna let it ride. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be strolling gotta, down the streets tonight in DC with my caps flag after a big we a victory. Plus, we got a plus three sixty on the bolts. Oof. I'm thinking How about much time? it. I got com I got commercial break to think about it. Will you say no? You say don't pull the trigger on the lightning. How much time? 4:45. No, no, I let it, let it roll, let it roll. We'll hit out some more uh, awards when we come back. Also, we got to get some scores around college hoops and in the NBA. Bet FCF tonight. Ryan Horvath, Peter Classic. Let the conversation continue with BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser, BetMGM Tonight here Thursday, February 22nd. Still an hour and 20 minutes of the show. Stay tuned. We're going to talk some NBA. We got some NFL talk. Right now, though, Peach, man, I got to be honest with you. I hate... I don't hate the NBA, but I hate betting the NBA. I'll I get do. to that. No, I, I hate it. I, I hate it. I mean, it. I do. like, everything could look good one minute and then just go to hell the next. So, earlier tonight, the Pacers beat the Pistons 129-115. They cover the 11.5. The game goes under the total, 247.5, the highest total tonight. Raptors beat the Nets, even after the firing of Jacques Vaughn. 121-93. Raptors... We're one and a half point favorites. They win by a billion. 
Total goes under 231 and a half. The 76ers, without Joel Embiid, were favored over the Knicks tonight. I mean, it was it was pretty much a pick, but they closed at one and a half. They lose 110 to 96. That didn't make sense. Luckily, the Magic cover is five and a half point dogs. They went outright 116, 109. Total goes over 214 and a half. But the Bulls just had a lead. Now, all of a sudden, they're down 12 to Boston. Three minutes to go in the third. So the eight and a half now, not looking great. And then our Clippers, Peach, all of a sudden, it's 96 82 as uh, OKC in the third quarter outscores them 35 to 23. And now all of a sudden, OKC is 11 and a half point favorites on the live line. You know That's what? Why sometimes, I, yeah, I, I yeah. just. I can't. No more NBA, Ryan. I like the Nets tonight because they fired their head coach, and I thought it was a good spot to back them. Mistake. And then the Clippers, you know, I just – it was a small college slate. Only bet two things tonight. Wanted a little more action, and that, uh, that too, was a mistake. So Yeah. And yeah. what sucks is all my leans. Like, remember I said, I kind of think Michigan beats Northwestern outright. I don't know that that's going to happen. But I didn't really understand. I, I mean, Northwestern's solid this year. Michigan's terrible. I think Juwan Howard should be out, to be honest with you. I don't think that's even a hot take. But 12.5 was a little inflated for me at freaking Welsh, at Welsh Ryan Arena, you know, attendance 500. And Michigan's actually up right now, 33-30, 319 to go in the first half. I think they're going to battle in that game. Do I just do it? Do I go hard on Stanford tonight at one and a half, or is Oregon the play? I know, like a lot of people that I like and respect, like the Ducks tonight, man. But it's 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 the Ducks are one and a half point dogs. It's plus one fifteen over at BetMGM. But Stanford is a twelve and thirteen team favored over a seventeen and eight team. And if I've learned anything in my thirty plus years on this planet, Peach gambling, my twenty plus years gambling, it's that I always got to take. The, the team that's not very good that's favored over the good team, if that makes any sense here at 9.45 p.m. on a Thursday. What do you oh, think? Oh, it absolutely Cardinal does. Or, do we take the McCaffreys, or do I just stay away and live to fight another day? Are you going to be more pissed off with yourself if you don't bet it and the bet hits, well, or if you do bet it and they lose? Like, what's going well, to piss you off more? Like, Creighton? The other night, the Blue Jays, I bet that at, like, three different shops just to get, like, a lot of money on it. And it was a big, big night for me. Yeah, well, that's we, why lo- we loved Creighton. I mean, was, we were all over him. But you don't so love Stanford hard. like that tonight. You don't like Stanford like that. You're like, you just want to bet it because you want some action. I love Rob Brown, and I did talk Rob into betting Creighton uh, against UConn, man. But I that was the one night I needed you because it got kind of sweaty. Now, again, like if you're just a casual fan or, you know, you don't really bet a whole lot in a game is it's a 10 point game with two minutes to go. You're probably like, Oh, whatever. But look what happened to Illinois last night. They were up eight with 30 seconds to go. It's true. Against Penn state in an eighth grade gym where there was a mixer right before the game. And they blew that lead. Like in college basketball, especially when you're fading the best team in the country, the defending champs, it's never fun. And I was just like trying to concentrate, but I couldn't do it. That was a huge bet. So I have some money to play with, but now I'm, like, losing it all on stupid stuff like Detroit Mercy and college hoops and, like, betting the NBA. I told myself, take it easy on Major League Baseball. Go hard on the tournament. You know you're going to go hard on the Masters. No matter what, I'm always like, all right, this is the year I only play, you know, two outrights, and I play a couple matchups, a couple top tens. 
every year though, man, I got like 15 outrights. You have the app going. So I already know that like that's going to be a big spender right there. March is going to be a big spender. And then I'm already waiting to get down on college football win totals and futures. Why do I even waste money on the NBA when I have no edge? I have no advantage. I mean, every once in a while, there's like a really good spot. Like the Atlanta Hawks against the Thunder two months ago when they were favored. That was a great spot. But like tonight with the Clippers, we probably should have just stayed away. I love how your favorite NBA spot is a Hawks game from two months ago. That tells you all you need to know. Like that's that's the only. Yeah, because game remember you... the Thunder. The Thunder had just beat the Celtics, and everybody was like, "Oh man, the Thunder are gonna win the finals." And I, I and then all of a sudden the Hawks were one and a half point favorites, and I was like, "Well, what does that tell you?" I do remember that game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, right? I mean, look, I'm I'm getting ready to go two and zero in college basketball tonight, and then I'm getting ready to Damn. give it all away in the NBA because of the stupid Nets and then because of the Clippers and then I doubled down and took them at six and a half and it's, there is nothing worse in betting when you take a team live at a number and then the team you bet against goes on like a 10-0 run and instead of getting like a 15 and a half you got a six and a half I don't think there's anything more frustrating than that and that's what happened in the Clippers game I'm like oh they're down nine with like two minutes to go in the third quarter. Nice spot to grab the Clippers right now. And then the Thunder go on like a 10-0 run, push it up to like 18. And then they're like 14 and a half. And I'm like, seriously? I, I could have gotten them at 14 and a half. So that is frustrating. If you uh if, if anybody out there, not that I did, bet Idaho tonight. Uh they did not cover. They lost 76 to 62. Did I'm just you, gonna throw that did out. Did you there. take did you take the fighting Mark Schlereths? I did. Like, you know, that it was a personal play, not something that I would recommend to any other human being on this planet, but... Do you know yeah, Idaho's I, mascot? I did. I did, Peach. No, what is it, a potato? The Vandals. <laughs> the Idaho Vandals. I did not know that, actually. I don't know. <laughs> you, not, I don't, you strike I don't me as a mascot did. guy. Like, I feel like you I, know I, like, I am. obscure I am. I was, just, I was just like, have you ever... Have you ever went into your bet slips and been like, why? Like, I was just looking at what I had, and I see Idaho lost at 10.5, and, and I really don't remember betting Idaho. And I haven't, and it's not like, you know, I was like out last night or anything. I haven't been out, in like, well, ever in like three weeks. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I bet Idaho. What, where are the most obscure places that you make bets throughout the day? I can see you walking Nate to school, and you're at a red light. And uh, you're waiting, you're waiting for the crosswalk, and you're just yeah. scrolling through, and you're like, "Man, Idaho looks kind of good tonight." Do you do that? No. Will you make bets yeah. walking your kid to school? Oh yeah, or like today, I had to wait. So if I, anytime I have to wait, and it's like a ten or fifteen minute wait for him at school, that's all I do. <laughs> I just sit there and I like scroll through. I'm looking at like regular season leader yeah. for passing yards, rushing yards. Yeah. Uh, presidential election. Yeah, I dive into a little bit of everything. My problem is, though, like when I have to go into studio, like being at home has been great for, for, for gambling purposes the last two weeks. I've been on fire because yes. I spend like three hours commuting to Washington, D.C. from Maryland, which shouldn't be a thing. It should be like a 25-minute drive. It's it's eight miles. But eight mile. But I find myself in the car for three hours, and anytime I'm at like a red light or stopped in traffic, that's all I'm doing. I'm trying to get a bet in. Um, and I miss the number all the time, getting stuck, stuck in traffic. The funniest thing is when I lived in Milwaukee, um, sports betting wasn't legal. 
and Potawatomi, which is the casino, didn't have sports betting. Now they do. They have a sports book now. And so it was either offshore, which we all love, or, uh, you know, like my bookie. But I wanted to every once in a while take advantage of, like, the promos and whatnot. So what I would do is I would cross the border to go to Illinois, and I would pull into the parking lot of Six Flags Great America in Gurney Mills. Or, like, right outside there's a gas station or there's a McDonald's parking lot. And I would sit there and I would just, like, place all my wagers for the day or for the weekend for college football and for the NFL to get the best number, you know. And at first I thought, like, I was a huge degenerate. And people were going to look at me like I was a weirdo, just like on my phone. Because one time I was like, I had my head buried and somebody like knocked on my window and it scared the living hell out of me. I jumped like oh, 50 that's the feet worst. in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I hated it. And they were like, oh, we just wanted to make sure you weren't dead. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just trying to grab like two lane at six and a half, you know, you jabroni. But what was funny is what I noticed after like a month, everybody was doing the same thing. It was either they were buying weed at the dispensary because that also wasn't legal so you would see all these Wisconsin license plates. And, like, you know, in the summer I'd have my windows rolled down and they'd be like, betting the Yankees? And I'd be like, no, the Astros. But everybody was doing the same thing. They would just cross the border, make their bets, grab their edibles, and go back home. So that was, like, the weirdest, worst thing I ever had to do to place to place a bet. But uh, uh, Look, it's relatable. Yeah, whatever it takes, Before... whatever it means. What... Whatever it takes. Before gambling became legal in Maryland and Virginia, I had to go to Charlestown, West Virginia, which is an hour away. Have you ever been there, by the way? Over to Charlestown? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's about an hour away from, like, Rockville, Maryland, I would say. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to go alone, so I would bribe my buddy. There's a Waffle House, like, maybe two minutes away from the casino. So I made him drive every time so, you know, he could come to the book with me. And then on the way back, I'd buy him his Waffle House. And, like, it was a winner for me, too. Waffle House just hits different, Orva. You know, like, I know anybody can make a waffle and eggs and hash browns, but there's just something about it there. It's kind of making me a little hungry right now, if we're being honest. But uh, that's the beauty about Charlestown. It is an hour to get out there, but if you do go out there, you got the Waffle House close by, which is which is always nice. And they got horse racing over there, too, so you can uh, watch the ponies as well. Dude, Team Chicago until I die, right? Like, uh, you know, Geo's and there's so much good pizza, I can't name it all. Team Pertillo's till I die, but Waffle House, you're right, just hits different. Anytime mm-hmm. I pass a Waffle House, I have to stop. Now I'm thinking about Waffle House. Me I might too. have to make the trip. And most of them are 24 hours. I might make the trip at uh, 11 p.m. Eastern. We got one more hour to go, and then I might be at the Waffle House. We'll see. I might need a couple winners, or I might be eating ramen noodles, unfortunately, for the next week. Uh, Detroit U, Mercy didn't help when we come back we're going to talk a little nfl uh we'll get you some scores right now the mavs up pretty big on the suns 118 106 spoiler alert brad beal didn't play uh the big three not playing tonight for phoenix bet mgm tonight final hour coming up next here on the betql network It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM.